Welcome to the Financial Purpose Podcast. All opinions expressed by me or guests of the podcast are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Life Moves Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any financial or investment decisions. Clients of Life Moves Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Dale Schaefer, and here's another great episode starting now. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Financial Purpose Podcast. This episode is going to be a guide for anyone who has ever wondered how in the world do you choose a financial advisor and specifically how do you choose the right financial advisor for you. Now this is a very important topic to me and uh and i think it's important to a lot of people it's a question a lot of people ask and uh, i think that there's mixed information so what i'm going to offer here is from my perspective a couple of different things and uh these are factors that you can consider these are questions that you would want the right financial advisor to ask you and these are questions that you would want to ask the right financial advisor to make sure that they are indeed the right financial advisor. So we're going to get right into it. And um, whether you're looking to work with a financial advisor for the first time, or you're looking to change advisors, of course, that looming question is, how do I choose the right advisor for me? And the one thing that I will admit straight out of the gate is that there is no shortage of financial advisors. And funny story is uh, when I was right before I became an advisor, I had a friend call me uh, I was a very successful financial advisor. We still uh, chat to this day. And uh, I was working on uh, trying to to buy a business and we we weren't able to get to get the numbers to match up and things weren't quite right. And this is the business that I worked for. So I, I needed to uh, to make a change for all the reasons that I needed to buy the business. And um, he called and he said, hey, man, like you're good with people. You're good with numbers. You know, you're you're just... I think you'd be a great financial advisor. You ought to consider coming over to uh, the firm that you know that he worked at and uh, become a financial advisor. And my response was, "Hey, man, I love you and thanks. I appreciate that. But the last thing the world needs is another financial advisor." And uh, and I said that because at that point I had probably seven or eight financial advisors in my immediate circle. Uh, or my close friend network. And so I just felt like the last thing that we needed is one more person, uh, you know, doing what it is that I do. And man, am I glad that I ignored my initial response and got into uh, the work that I do because I absolutely freaking love it. And, uh, and I think that I probably have some clients who are grateful for it as well. So that aside, when someone calls themselves uh, a financial advisor, it can mean a lot of things. And so what you're going to want to find out is what exactly it means to the person that you're interviewing. If they hold the title as financial advisor, what exactly is it that they do? Are they doing the work of a real financial advisor? Or is it somebody who is an advisor by title? And there's plenty to choose from on either side. So what should you be looking for? In a financial advisor, what questions should you ask? Um, what questions might they ask you? And in my opinion, you're go- going to want to choose someone who you can get to know, 
get along with, but also be challenged by. That's a very important part of the advisory relationship. And also someone that you can trust and earn, uh, someone that can earn your trust in return. Another part of that and how you get at that is getting very clear on what you, the potential client, expect from a relationship with a financial advisor. So let me give you a few factors to consider. Number one is what do you want that financial advisor to do for you? There's a huge gap between somebody who only manages investments compared to somebody who provides complete financial advice. And knowing the difference here will help you set the right expectation and narrow down your selection process. So if you're looking for only somebody that's just going to manage a small or even if it's just a large, whatever the account size is, they're going to manage an IRA for you or they're going to uh, manage a brokerage account or a trust account or something like that. If all you want them to do is manage money and nothing else, you might be frustrated by somebody who does complete financial advice uh, delivery because they're going to be asking you about things in your financial life that you're going to think have no application whatsoever to investments. In all actuality, that advisor, myself included, is going to do a lot of work to help you understand that it's all spaghetti. It's all connected. And so you want to know that. But if you have somebody who, if you're looking for complete financial advice and what you have is somebody who only wants to talk about the investments all the time, you're going to be frustrated by that because they're not going to help you answer important questions. So you really want to be very clear about what it is that you want that advisor to do for you because it's going to help you select the right one. Factor number two is think about how often you want to talk to this advisor or even meet with them. If you're someone who doesn't have a lot of financial complexity, maybe the right cadence for you is one or two meetings per year, maybe a check-in phone call here and there. But if you're somebody who has a higher level of financial complexity or you're, you think you might have a higher level of complexity, you might want that financial advisor to have the capacity to meet and talk with you more often throughout the year. And so that is an important thing to think about uh, because some advisors will tell you what their cadence is and some advisors will let their clients kind of help set the cadence based on what else is going on. So you want to be thinking about that as well. And then factor number three is do the credentials that the advisor holds or the name of the firm that they work under. Do those things matter to you? Um, there are some people who I've worked with in the past who want the status of a very specific name of a very specific firm or a symbol on the corner of their statements because for them, that's a, this is how I know I've arrived kind of thing. And I know people who really do not give a rip about what's on the statement because what they're working with the advisor, they're not working with the firm. But it's important for you to know that. And the other thing is that if credentials uh, communicate experience and expertise in a certain area, if that's how you see that, um, you're going to narrow that down to people who will only hold certain credentials, like maybe the CFP, Certified Financial Planner, or the CHFC, the Chartered Financial Consultant, or any other designation. There's like 200 and something of them out there, and some matter uh, a lot, and some are hard to get, and some you can you can buy online. So 
make sure that if there's a financial advisor you're talking to, if they have a bunch of letters behind their name, go ahead and, and look into what each of those letters are and talk to the advisor about how, how they got them and why that education was important. So those are three of the factors to think about. And many people get referred to uh, a financial advisor through a friend or a family member or a colleague or maybe a business coach or a life coach or maybe a therapist. Maybe it's a college buddy uh, or an old roommate or a family member uh, who is an advisor. And regardless of how you find them, the very next question is, how will I know if this is the right advisor for me? The factors I just talked about, those cover the expectations of them doing the job. The question of how to find the right advisor for you is very, very important. And that's why we're talking uh, today on the podcast. And um, I think it's the one question that you really should spend the most time thinking about because most advisors I know can do the job and they can do it well. And as I said earlier, there's some that carry the title of financial advisor, but are only focused on selling financial products that may or may not be in your best interest. And I would say that those maybe are the advisors who do a job and they may do a job well, but it might not be the job that you need them to do. And uh, these folks that are just out you know, selling products, I, I think they need a wake-up call to how they're really impacting people's lives, but that's another conversation for another podcast episode. Uh, no, you know what? Actually, let me say just one more thing about these folks. A product salesperson, now I'm not going to name any specific firms uh, or anything like that, but if their lead to you or, or what they're uh, presenting to you quickly is life insurance or annuities, those are probably the people I'm talking about here. Um, they are not actually delivering financial advice at all. And therefore, I would say are not qualified to be the right advisor for most people. If you're talking about life insurance and annuities, that is not directly giving financial advice that is selling something that presents itself as financial advice or retirement planning. In all actuality, it's just simply buying a product that protects a certain part of your life. It's not, it's not a complete financial advice offering. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Moving on. When interviewing a financial advisor, let me give you a couple of things to look for. This is going to be, there's a lot here. So hang in there. The great thing about a podcast is you can always rewind it and re-listen and that kind of thing. But here's a few things to look for. Number one, what are the values what do you pick up when you talk to the advisor? What do you see in their office? What does their desk look like? And I'm not talking about if there's paper on the desk or not, because there's a lot of science that maybe that is uh, is a, a form of a different kind of intelligence. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you can tell very quickly what they value based on the trinkets, the pictures, what's on the wall. Um, how does the office feel? What is the furniture like? How does it smell? Um, you know, what, what is the experience that they've created for you? Uh, and do those values based on what you can pick up, do they align with yours? And you want to think about areas kind of like what I just said. You want to think about what they, you know, how they intersect things like family, community involvement. Are they involved in the community? What are their hobbies? What do they like to do with their 
free time? What's their work ethic? You know, how do they see the world? You don't really have to get into like, what are their politics and what's their religion, faith and all that kind of stuff that may be important to you. But I'm going to tell you that if you narrow it down just based on what their faith is or whether or not you agree with them when they go to the poll, um, you might actually short yourself somebody who is a quality person who can be possibly the right advisor for you, but you've shut that door because maybe they're not aligned with your candidate or your politics or your social beliefs or whatever. You have to be able to you know, exist in the world with people who are different than you, and it needs to be okay if you have a different opinion than somebody else. Can I just say that in 2023? Like, it is okay to have a different opinion from somebody else and that person still be a good person. So something to think about. Um, another thing to look for is does, does the financial advisor talk too much about themselves too early in the conversation? Here's how you're going to know if that's happening. You're going to walk in, they're going to have a pre-printed, you know, kind of nice looking presentation. And it's going to be what we would call a pitch book. And I know this because I used to create these things. And, uh, you know, it's like 25 pages about, you know, pictures of the team and how great the firm is and how great the team is and all the experience of every person on the team and how awesome they are and what their portfolio models are and how great that is and whatever. And then they're probably going to spend about 20, 25 minutes talking about themselves and how great they are. You're going to pick up on this really fast. You'll know within the first five minutes of the conversation how that's going to go. Next thing is if you're a married couple and you're meeting with the advisor, are they engaging with both of you in the conversation or are they focused on just one of you? Uh, if you're a female, do you feel comfortable in their presence? Whether it's a male or, or a female advisor, are you comfortable? This is really important. Um, and <laughs> this is one of the things that I picked up on very, very early in my career. And quite honestly, um, I had a, a financial advisor coach who was very adamant that uh, if you didn't make a connection with the female of the couple, um, however that composition is, you're not getting hired as the advisor. And so that can be kind of a thing where you can sort of, uh, you know, try to, you know, placate or shift the relationship. But somebody who's genuinely interested in both of you, you'll know. And as a female, you're going to pick up on that probably faster uh, than anyone else in the room. And so it's important that you think about whether or not you feel comfortable being around this person, however that comfortable means. Um, and it's everything from, do they make eye contact? Where do their eyes make contact? Um, do they talk to you? Do they talk over your head? Are they addressing you um, as often or even as respectfully? Because uh, you can feel these things as they are, uh, maybe your spouse. And so just pay attention to that. Um, if the advisor's asking questions, what kind of questions are they asking? Are they asking questions that help them get to learn more about you as the person? Or does it seem like more of the questions are around getting to know your money and your investments and how much you have and those kinds of things? Does the advisor seem approachable? Do you, uh, as I said earlier, do they talk to you as a person, do they talk over your head? Are they talking around you? Are they using big words to sound impressive? Um, are they receptive to any questions that you might ask them as a part of the conversation, if it even is a conversation? 
Um, that's going to be very important as well, because that's going to tell you what to expect in your meetings going forward. Um, does this person seem genuinely interested in you, your story, your concerns, or does it seem like they're just genuinely getting you as a client? Like that's their concern. How do I get you to be my client? How do I sell this thing? Right. You're going to know, you're going to smell it a mile away. You're going to feel it. Um, does this person seem like somebody that you would want to hang out with socially? Would you invite them to your house for dinner? Would you invite them to a family function like a birthday party or a graduation or a baby shower or a funeral or a celebration or a retirement party or anything else like that? Would you want this person mixing with your family and friends? It's a very important consideration. Is this somebody that you would actually feel comfortable referring to those family and friends? And these two things are very important because what you want is you're going to want to assess if you were to invite that financial advisor to your home with mixed company, you have to be comfortable that they're going to handle themselves as a person and they're going to talk to people as being interested in people. You don't want somebody who's going to come to your house and see that as a giant prospecting opportunity and try to sell themselves onto every single person that they talk to. If the advisor walks into the, the party with a pocket full of business cards, contrary to popular belief, I'm telling you that person may not be who you're looking for because when I, as an advisor, go to other events, I generally on purpose don't carry business cards because I'm there to support the person who invited me to this, the, the outing or the social events or the party. And I'm there to be their friend and I'm there to be friend and meet other people. And if those conversations lead into business, fine, but I'm not going to be the one to start them. And I might not even be the one to say, oh yeah, they're my clients. So yeah, I, I'm their financial advisor. I'm probably not going to say that. I may say, yeah, my name is Dale. I own a financial planning firm in Scottsdale. Or I might say, I own a firm called Life Moves Wealth Management. I work with business owners primarily. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to out you in front of your friends and nor am I going to try to get them to be my clients before I leave. And so you want to be thinking about how is that person going to behave if you invite them to a social thing or a golf outing or something like that. Um, one of my favorite things to think about is, is this somebody that you think you'll still like 10 years from now? And I know that's a long ways away and that may seem like uh, something that's difficult to determine within the first one or two minutes, but I think your intuition or your spidey sense or whatever it is, is going to know better and, and definitely trust your gut on this one. This is something I recommend to anybody that I meet for the first time. Um, and I just say, look, you want to think about this. If, if something feels off or if you're not sure, if you would still want to be working with me 10 years from now, maybe think twice about whether or not I'm the right advisor for you. And I always get the, a surprised reaction from that because shouldn't I be just doing everything I can to get you to, to become my client? No, I shouldn't because it's in your best interest and my best interest that we're the right match for each other. And there's going to be some things that we have to grow into uh, as a part of building trust, but you're going to know, and I'm going to know right away. And let's, let's lean into that. And let's make sure that we're making a good decision for a very important relationship. Now that we've covered those expectations um, of what to consider right for the advisor doing the job, 
and what you might want to pay attention to during the meeting so you know kind of what type of person you're approaching. Let me share some questions that you want the advisor to ask you as the potential client, as well as some questions that you may want to ask that advisor as somebody that you might hire to help you with one of the most important areas of your life. So first, a great financial advisor or the right financial advisor in this context is probably going to ask some variation of these questions. So first, right out of the gate, they should say something like, you know, a decision to meet with a financial advisor is uh, not one that you probably came by lightly. So what's on your mind today? What's most important to you today? What do you want to be sure we talk about during our time today? Or why is it important that we're meeting now? What What's going on now? Why is this the right time for you to to look for my services? And these are great questions because what it's going to do is help me understand exactly why the person is in the seat next to me. Now I say next to me because my office is set up where people, we sit next to each other. We don't sit across a big wooden desk from each other. Um, So I want that space to be very approachable. It needs to be comfortable. And it's important for me to understand why, why we're here. Why are we, why are we doing this? Why now? Why not two years ago? Or, you know, what, what's happened in your life? Usually there's something big that's moving or changing. And that's why I called my firm Life Moves Wealth Management. There's usually something happening. And so I want to kind of get a sense of what that is. Um, the next question that they may want to ask is some variation of what's important to you about how you use your money. Another question I like to use is if you could describe for me use only one word and don't overthink it. How do you feel about money today? And that one word is going to really open a door for me to start to understand who it is that I'm working with or talking to in this conversation. Um, Another great question is, what do you remember about money growing up? And how does that influence how you make your financial choices today? Does it influence it at all? Um, What did your parents say about money? What did they do for a living? Um, was money scarce in your home? Was money plentiful in your home? Uh, were you aware of it? Right. All those questions can be very helpful because that's going to help me start to put together what we would call your money story. And those are things that are, as the advisor, are helpful, helpful to me in the advice delivery process because I'll know how you like to receive information and at what level and at what what frequency, and even just how do I tweak some of the words that I use to make sure that you can absorb the information that I'm giving you so that you can take action on it. This is all very important. Uh, Another great question is, hey, think about where you were a year ago and tell me, do you feel like you're further ahead now than you were then? You know, have you made progress financially, professionally, relationally, whatever, over the past year, do you feel better about the progress that you're making? Um, that's going to help me understand if somebody's really distraught about where they are financially or if they feel like they're on a path and they just need a little more guidance. Um, I find that to be a very helpful, just a, you know, where are you kind of question. Another great question is based on your current situation and, and all the things that you're doing and the choices you're making, do you feel like you'll be able to reach your most important financial and life goals? 
this is going to help me understand if somebody has a, a target in mind, if they know what they want for themselves. Um, if they don't know what they want for themselves, then we'll have to do some work to define that. So that way we know that if we're going to, if we're going to have, um, something that we're shooting at, let's at least define it. Because if we don't define what we're lo looking at, uh, we're going to hit nothing every time. So, uh, let's set a target. Let's understand what that is. Let's, and then let's determine if we're on track and what we need to do to get on track toward what's most important about that goal. Um, the next question, this one's very important. What do you expect from an advisory relationship? So this is the advisor asking the client, what is it that you want from me? What is it that you want me to do? This is going to help me as the advisor determine if I'm the right advisor for you very quickly, because you're going to tell me what you've read or what you've heard or what you're thinking about or what you think you need or what you've researched. And we're going to be able to either get alignment or that's going to be a point where I'm going to say, listen, I may not be the right person for what you're, what you're looking for. Can we spend a couple more minutes? Just help me understand this or help me understand what you mean by this or help me understand why that type of service is important. And either I get to help clear up and maybe pull you back into an understanding of what I do. And then we have alignment or that's going to confirm that we're just not not the right fit. And so that is a great question I like to ask as well. And then the final question that I would suggest is um, the advisor may say, if you are already investing or doing anything else financially uh, to, to build wealth, what is that strategy specifically built to accomplish? And over what period of time? And are you comfortable with the risk that you're taking? Now, all of these questions, especially the last one, they have a financial implication or a monetary implication, but none of them actually dig into your financial specifics. And that's very intentional. And it's intentional by the way that I ask those questions or the way that the right advisor may ask those questions. Because in my opinion, in my because of the way that I do it, my first meetings, I don't ask financially nosy questions because from my perspective, your financial specifics are frankly none of my business until we decide we're going to work together. Now, if you offer me information, I'll probably write it down and um, and maybe come back to that in the second meeting. Uh, and it, it's just not in the first meeting. It's it's more important that we get to know each other and we get to understand each other and we get to make sure that our values align and that we kind of can think that we might like each other. And uh, it's precisely why I don't ask anyone to bring statements to the first meeting. I don't have them fill out, you know, the 10 or 12 or 16 page intake form where you list everything out. You know, where's all your money? How much are you earning? How much debt are you carrying? All that fun stuff. My approach with that is highly intentional because I think it's more important to establish a basis of connection in the first meeting. And if it feels like we should have a second date, <laughs> and maybe a third one, and then we should be in a relationship, well, then we can we can start revealing uh, other things, numbers and, and whatnot. I, I just think that's the right way to do it. And so now there are some people that I've met with who don't want to waste time. They're ready to get going. They don't want to spend a lot of time on, on all the, you know, all that stuff. They want to make the first and second meeting just be the first meeting and they want to get right down to brass tacks and that's fine. I can adjust to that. And my process is built to adjust to that. And the right financial advisor will be able to adjust to that. They will not force you into their agenda. Um, however, 
I have found that most people, in my experience with the way that I do it, uh, they appreciate having a, a lower pressure first meeting because meeting with a financial advisor for the first time, if you filled out the form, if you have statements, that advisor is going to start looking through those things right in front of you to try to get a sense of, of what they're looking at or, or what you have. And it's awkward as hell to sit in that seat because you don't know what they're thinking. You don't know what they're looking for. You don't know if you have enough money to be in the room. Maybe there's a spot on your shoe. So you're feeling self-conscious about the fact that you're there. Uh, it, it's, it's a weird place to be. So I think it's important for financial advisors to lower the pressure in the first meeting and just start establishing a basis of, hey, I'm a helper. I'm here to understand you and we can work together, but let's first make sure that it, it that's going to be a good fit before I ask you to start revealing everything about your financial life. My opinion, I think a lot of advisors, the right financial advisors will share that opinion as well. So we've gone over the questions that the right financial advisor might ask you. And these, and again, there's some variation of those questions. Those aren't, those aren't exact. Everybody has their own little things, but you'll get a sense that what they're trying to do is, is understand you as a person and get to know you. Now you can turn that and you can ask the financial advisor some of those same questions in return, or maybe some different questions. And so let me offer a few things that you might want to ask when you're looking for the right financial advisor in that first meeting or maybe the second meeting. First question is, why do people decide to hire you? Or what kind of client are you really good at serving? And I love this question because it is somebody who is trying to self-identify as whether or not they fit with me and with the type of people that I serve. And this is excellent because anyone and everyone, if you hear that from the advisor, that is a red flag. A great financial advisor is going to have a primary ideal client type, and then they're gonna have maybe two or three other subsets. So great example is mine. My primary ideal client is somebody who is a business owner, or a high-level executive, somebody who is in business, running a business, or owning a business, those are my people because those are, those are areas where I have a lot of experience and understand very well. However, along the way of building my client base, I've discovered that a decent percentage of my clients um, are females. And they are either young single females or they are divorcees or a couple of them are widows. And that's a very interesting, when, when I made that connection, it was very interesting to me because I wasn't, I never set out to be the financial advisor for females because that's a very specific need base. And, uh, but it just so happens that one refers another, refers another, refers another. And before you know it, that's a neat little subset of my business. Um, and then I have also a subset of younger professionals who are starting out and they want, they recognize early that they need help because when they're in their late twenties and early thirties, they want to be laying a foundation to have an excellent forties and fifties and sixties. 
So they're starting early. Now, these people typically wouldn't have access to great financial advice because they don't have the assets that most financial advisors require to work with them as kind of a barrier to entry. And so I'm very happy to be able to have the fee model that works where I can serve younger people who are pushing their savings into maybe their company-sponsored 401k or some other retirement vehicle that I may or may not manage directly for them, but they can still get access to quality advice. And so that's another little subset. So anybody saying, oh, I can help just about anybody, red flag, red flag, because what that means is that they probably don't have an expertise in any given area and they may not be able to help you with very specific narrow focused complicated things that come up in your specific client type right so if you're a business owner somebody who doesn't know anything about running a business probably not going to be very helpful to you so that's what you want to look for you want to look for something very specific they might say i primarily work with dentists or i primarily work with veterinarians or i primarily work with um with uh, military veterans or whatever their their primary is, that's great. And inside of that primary, you're going to have some different people, but you're also going to have some subsets. So pay attention to that. Second question you might want to ask them is, how often do you communicate with your clients? What does that look like? How often will we talk? How often will we meet? Um, do you send emails? What frequency? Uh, are you okay with texting? Or if clients text you, do you um, call once a month or once a quarter? Or how, how does this work? How, how will we communicate? What do you do? Is it consistent? Is it just if I need something? Um, are, you, are you the kind of advisor where I have to pay extra if we need to meet between our meeting schedule or do we even have a meeting schedule? How does that work? That's a great question. And it's going to help you understand the client or the advisor's service model and uh, how well they're actually serving people consistently versus um, how how much things just kind of come and go based on what's happening in that day. Another great question that you can ask is, you know, again, asking the advisor, how do you handle client communication and meetings during periods of high market volatility? This is a great question because it's fresh in our minds. We all live through 2022. And if you were invested in 2022, it was not a fun year to be an investor. And so you're going to want to know, how does the advisor communicate uh, to their clients? I will tell you that I've worked with advisors who don't. And if we have market volatility, they don't answer their phone. And they're slow to respond to emails. And I'm going to tell you, that's not the right financial advisor for you. So you want to know, how do they handle that? What do they do? Um, ask the advisor, how did you, hey, how did you handle March of 2020? What were you doing? What were you saying? How are your clients reacting? How are they responding? Right? What, what are you saying to people? And what I'm not asking as the client or the potential client, what I'm not telling you to ask here is what were your returns like? Because that's a difficult question to answer for a myriad of reasons. What's more important is what are you saying to people? Because in periods of high volatility, people are freaked out and they feel like their money's at stake. And they feel like they're going to lose money and they feel like it's going to put a major, um, uh, you know, wrench in the spokes of their retirement planning. So how do you help people? How do you talk them off the ledge? What do you do? Do you hide under your desk? Do you jump out the window or, you know, are you the person who's proactively contacting people? You want to know that. 
Another great question. This is a fabulous question. And, and every person who's going to work with a financial advisor needs to know the answer to this question. And that question is, how are you compensated by me and or other third parties? Now, there's probably not a right or wrong answer here because fee models will vary by advisor and they are all over the board. What you're looking for here is to understand where their advice could be biased based on how they're compensated. A red flag in this case is when you ask the question if the advisor either wavers on how they answer it or if they evade the question entirely, massive red flag. And this is going to be somebody whose advice is going to be predicated highly on what's in it for them and may or may not be in your best interest for those recommendations to come to you. So pay very close attention to that. Absolutely ask that question. How are you compensated? What are your fee structures exactly? How will I pay you? How will mutual funds pay you? How will life insurance contracts pay you? How will anything that you try to sell, will it pay you? Or in my case, I'm a fee-only advisor. And so the only, only way that I can ever be paid is directly by a client. So that's important for people to know too. So even things like if I make a life insurance recommendation and we go out and we work with a company who will make the exact life insurance, they'll provide the quotes, they'll give the exact um, details on underwriting, they'll underwrite the policy, and they'll place it with the carrier. How, 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 how am I compensated by them? From, in my case, I'm not at all. Um, you know, how does that work? And as the, as the client, you want to know this because if the advisor is going to say, Hey, I've got this great thing. Hey, I'm going to make this recommendation based on this other factor, whatever. You'll already know, is this the right recommendation or is this a way for the advisor to pick up some extra bucks? And there's nothing wrong with the advisor picking up some extra bucks as long as that recommendation truly meets a very well-defined need that you have in your financial planning considerations. Okay, last question that I'll offer here for what you might want to ask the advisor. And this is just kind of a fun question. Why did you become an advisor? What are your values around money? Or you can ask the question the same way that I, I suggested the advisor would ask you, which is, what's most important to you, Mr. Advisor, about how you use your money, right? You can turn any of those questions around on the advisor. They should be an open book and they should be willing to answer the very questions that they ask. If you're someone who is considering working with a financial advisor for the first time, or if you're working with an advisor now and you're feeling underserved and you're looking for a new advisor, everything I just said in this entire episode, you can use as a know before you go resource. And I realize this is a lot to take in and it's a lot to consider. And as I said earlier, the great thing about a podcast is you can rewind it and you can re-listen to it as many times as you want. I will also post this in my notes as a blog post for those who want to refer to it in writing, maybe copy and paste the questions and take them with you on your interview. And that's fine. I'm happy to have this be a resource that you can use because it's important to me that you find the right advisor for you. And I hope it's important to you. If you're someone who's listening to this or reading the blog post, and you want to talk with me in particular about your situation, please send an email to info at lifemoveswealth.com or 
head over to lifemoveswealth.com and you'll see a little button down in the right corner and you can click that button. It's a schedule link and you can put time on my calendar and I'd be happy to talk with you and we can consider whether or not it makes sense for us to think about working together. And you can ask me all the questions that I just suggested and I would look forward to that as well. All right, so that's it for this episode. I hope this information has been helpful to you. Please use it. Please use it if you're talking to a new financial advisor. And until next time, take care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Learn more about your financial purpose at lifemoveswealth.com.